and gentlemen. Oi! This is an unedited podcast. Uh, so that'll be fun. Yeah, well. Welcome, here we are. Dude, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> you introduce everything. We gotta go oh, fix this man. problem. Hi, guys. Uh, what a start. <laughs> Uh, what episode are we on? Oh, this is episode 25. 25. Yeah. Merry Christmas! No, that's next week. Oh. But we can say that, I guess. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We have a very special guest with us today. Yeah, we do. Introduce yourself. Hey, what's up? Wow! My name is... I've never met you, David. My name is Trent. I'm a friend of Eli and Devon's. Oh, yeah. Happy to be here. He's a cool guy. Yeah. yeah I've seen we, him around. We've been talking for a while, Devin and I, and we say we got to get this man on the podcast for all of you listeners to enjoy his holy wisdom and, and other wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there, there is a separation of the wisdoms there. Is there? Oh, yeah. Oh, there is. Absolutely. That's good. Well, pleased to have you on. Welcome. Yeah. Here it's we good are. To be on. We, um, this is kind of an unscripted thing, so we just talk about whatever we want to. I love it. And it's, it's the best. It's, it's the crazy. most fun. It is. Do you have anything you want to talk about, then? Um, hmm. I don't, we didn't really discuss. Well, I just want to say that, uh, you know, we're going to have, uh, Into the Spider-Verse movie, number two. Ooh! I never saw that trailer. You want to watch the trailer? Let's watch the trailer. Let's watch the trailer. Watch the trailer. Yeah. Let's watch the trailer! Oh, we love trailers here. While we're looking for the trailer, um, I had a thought. It's gone now. Sorry. Hey, you staring at me? Um, fight? Spider-Verse. You were just telling me about He's not talking movie. to me, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were just Devin and I aren't just having drama over here in the corner. Hey, dude. Seriously. The cat wants the tree so bad. Okay, here it is. Across the Spider-Verse. It's the second installment. Don't watch that. Babies can't watch TVs. And they can, but it's not good for them. Alright. Nope, that's another ad. Yeah. See, I turned it up for nothing. And I'm going to have to pause it. Because oh, my man. wife is grinding coffee beans. At 11.20 in the morning? You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> it is what it is. Okay, we good? Are you good? I'll take a break from it. Yeah, just okay. hold on. I'll take, yeah. If you don't stop messing with the tree, you're gonna become an ornament on it. That means death. I'm sorry. Here we go. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. This is the second of the animated ones. Miles Morales. I can hear you being quiet, Mom. I, um, hope I didn't ice your game, man. No one my age says those words in that order. It's just hard to see my little man not being my little boy all the time. Yeah. For years, I've been taking care of this little boy. Just sounds like an awkward conversation. People that aren't watching it. It's like, Making sure he's loved. That he feels like he belongs wherever he wants to be. 
them do great big things. Not bad, kid. And what I worry about most. I love you, Morris. Is they won't look out for you like us. Miles! Want to get out of here? Wherever you go from here, you have to promise to take care of that little boy for me. Make sure he never forgets where he came from. You! And he never doubts that he is loved. That's a lot of spider people. And he never lets anyone tell him that he doesn't belong there. You gotta promise, Miles. I promise. This is gonna be chaos. I love it. We are supposed to be the good guys. We are. That's Oscar Isaac, by the way. Second. Ooh, maybe we can go see that for my birthday. Yeah, wouldn't you like that? Well, I would, but I really want to see Indiana Jones 5. So. True. They're making another Indiana Jones? Oh, you didn't yeah, know that? Yeah, bro. Bro, how old is Harrison Ford? Too old, but it's fine. He's kind of old. Should we watch the trailer again? Isn't he, like, over 80 years old now? Yeah, he's like 83. 83? He's still making movies? Heck yeah, bro. Well, Should we just, do it? Just retire. Why not? There sure, why not? We did it on the last episode, but it doesn't matter. But it's okay. We Here, gotta... check it out. The Dial of Destiny. I guess this is like Trent reaction to... <laughs> exactly. No, it looks great. It's going to be fun. I mean, there's a lot of makeup and CGI going on, but... I miss the sea. Really, it's just I miss waking up every morning. Wondering what wonderful adventure the new day will bring to us. Yeah. Those days have come and gone. Perhaps, perhaps not. I don't believe in magic. But a few times in my life, I've seen things. Things I can't explain. Come to believe it's not so much what you believe. It's how hard you believe it. Get back. Classic. Oh yes. It was more of a teaser trailer than anything. And they're making another Transformers too, in case you they're didn't. They're making know. another Transformers? You didn't About freaking time. You didn't see that? No. You didn't know that? No, you never sent it to me. Rise of oh, the Beasts, man. bro. This is trailer morning right here. Here we go. This is like the sixth Transformers, and all of them have been bad since the first one. First hey, one was good. First one, third was pretty hard. Yeah. It was. 
next floor. But something else has awakened. Monkey! <laughs> <laughs> They saying monkey over and over again? No, it's <laughs> oh yeah, it sounds like that would be a little disrespectful to the man Biggie. That's that's a lot of information I just processed in such yeah. a short amount of time. <laughs> it's like Spider-Man, Indiana Jones, and Transformers. And John Wick 4, obviously. These are all my favorite things from fifth grade. <laughs> John Wick? You watched John Wick in fifth grade? I wish I did. I love those movies. Also, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Eh. Uh, yeah. You know, you see to be too? honest... It's gonna be. Interesting. I have seen that trailer. It looks. <laughs> I've only seen that trailer. I think out of all the trailers, it's gonna be much more intense. I think there's gonna be a lot of. Do you think? Lot of do you think Chris death. Pratt is gonna die? It's, I hope so. Some of them are gonna die. Rockets. Probably <laughs> I said Chris die. Pratt. <laughs> I guess his character is oh, gonna right. die, not Chris Pratt. Actually, is <laughs> okay, the one to die. Okay, now that I say that, um, um, I think yeah. Rocket could probably die. Probably. He survived everything. Like, some people got snapped and stuff back in Infinity War. He didn't. Like, there, he has he has made it through all of the different cataclysmic events so far. So it's, oh, you think Rocket's going to die? I mean, it would kind of make sense if you think about it. He's, like, the most tortured of all of the Guardians, and he's had to live through the most. And then for him to die would be really emotional, mm, Yeah, I think. Plus, we're going to get a little bit more of his origins, I think. But low-key, I think... Not the show. Or the character. <laughs> but I honestly think that's so predictable. Oh, it is. That's but, too predictable. I mean, that's why having Star-Lord die instead would be even better. It would be. Especially would be after the... the um, Holiday special, which was garbage. It was it, bad. Did they you just watch it? revealed that. No, Man because I knew it was gonna be. <laughs> they revealed that Mantis is his sister. Cause Mantis is his sister. Yeah, cause Ego is both of their father. It's a half sister. That's gross. Half sister. That explains the resemblance. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, sure. and uh, 
bugged out black eyes. Yeah. Mustache. Yeah. No. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, Transformers is silly, and I don't really want to watch that one, but it's happening, so people have to know. I gotta yeah. say, who keeps funding the Transformers franchise? Michael Bay. I mean, himself he's, yeah. made, he's made that much money he's like I want to make a movie with as many explosions as I want that's intense it's ridiculous you think they'll have Megatron in there no he ruined Ninja Turtles too did you ever watch those ones the new ones he ruined Ninja Turtles what? TMNT you know uh-huh. yeah did you ever see those newer ones like the live action ones no with Megan Fox and all that uh huh they were bad Okay. Because for some reason Michael Bay like loves Megan Fox, so he's like I'm talking about Megatron the the bad guy. No, I'm talking about <laughs> Michael Bay ruins movies. Oh he ruined Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because is he Michael made... Bay the Megatron of uh, cinema? Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> Megatron. He no. is he's the Megatron of, <laughs> of cinema. Movies. I just yeah. didn't know why you were talking about Megan Fox and I was like Megatron the the Megatron the... Megan Fox uh, uh. Meg Megatron. Fox. <laughs> Anyways, no, I was I was just talking about how Michael Bay sucks. True. There's only like two good movies that he's ever made, produced, directed. Which, which ones? Which ones? Um, Pearl Harbor with Ben Affleck. That one was decent from back in the I day. I like that movie. That was pretty good. Never watched. And it. Thirteen Hours. Did Michael Bay also do The Rock? With Nicolas Cage, maybe, and but I've never seen that. You've never seen The Rock? I've not. There's a lot of like classics from a while ago that I haven't watched that I probably should. It's it's a incredible Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery film. Oh Lord, <laughs> that is a combination of the ages. <laughs> but I think it was directed by Michael Bay. Most likely. So then he's made three decent movies. Yeah. 13 hours, 13 hours is really good. It's and yeah, of, I'd say the first Transformers is actually really good. Great movie. Bless you. Goodness. Goodness. Bless you. Wow. Goodness. Wow, you're going to be okay? You're sneezing into the microphone, man. Shoot. You know Jackie, when she... That's my wife, by the way, for those oh, who don't I know. Oh, I don't know her. Like, oh, yeah. Jackie, who's that? Yeah, <laughs> so Jackie, my wife, she has like sneeze fits. Like, we're literally, if she doesn't blow her nose with a tissue, she'll just keep sneezing. Her record is 12. Like, indefinitely? I don't know. I've never tested <laughs> she has it. She like, blow her nose I've in got, the of her sneeze fit to make it It's stop. It's like, when I say bless you for the third time, after that, it's like, all right. You've been triple I, I'm I'm a little frustrated at this point. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't keep dear Lord, just you. blow your nose. But we would, we would be in, like, long drives, like, just road trips and stuff, and we're, we don't have any tissues or anything to like blow her nose so she literally just like keeps sneezing and we're trying all the tricks i try to like scare her i try to like just say hey put your finger on the tip of your nose that apparently is supposed to stop you from I've sneezing i've heard that before yes i've heard like pinch your nose yeah you just your you just put your like that you just put your your finger on the very tip of your nose i've tried it i've te- it's been tested mother approved so we start sneezing, you just go, boop. <laughs> yeah. Stop sneezing. She's literally like gone like 12 times, I think is her record. That's uh, it's probably a medical issue. Yeah, I think point. so. It's, <laughs> like, it's pretty bad. If you can't stop sneezing, so so then what happens if like 
one day it just, she just hits a breaking point and then like just sneezing for the rest of her life. Whoa. Yeah, we all got to live with something, I guess. <laughs> I'm not living with that. I don't have to I'm not living with that. It would make her life very difficult. Yeah, I was going to say, you would have to live with that. That would be a huge inconvenience. Oh, yeah. dude, can you imagine? You couldn't stay focused on anything. You couldn't say anything. You couldn't give a speech or what stay if, on a phone call. If you had to sneeze like... It's like Tourette. Let's say 10 times in an hour. Every hour. That's fine. But it's it's random though, you could sneeze all ten in the first few seconds, or it's just very sporadic. That's a lot of sneezing. There's also a lot that can happen in an hour. True. But that's so much sneezing. <laughs> True. Maybe like they would it. like stack up like at the end of the hour and then right at the start of the hour, so you have a whole like twenty. <laughs> you have twenty <laughs> just right there. Just save it up. You know? It would just really suck depending on what you're doing. I guess. Let it roll True. over. Let it roll yeah. over to the next day or something. Sort of like a food bar or something, you know, and you're just like sneezing while you're trying to get food. Yeah, that's just. Eat you're them. trying to give us like public speaking or something, and you just uh, rapid fire. Somebody's like, "She okay? <laughs> Stay away. Must Stay be away. allergic to the cat or something." Probably. Probably. Man, that's wild, dude. Freaking 12 sneezes in a row. I've never heard that. That's real bad. Some of my family do like four or five. Some of my family members. Yeah, I was going to say. They do like the small ones, you know? Like my aunt and my cousins do like like three or four times in a row. And I'm like, I don't know why, but it just annoys me. Does it? Is it annoying to you? Where you like, somebody sneezes and they're just like, I'm like, good lord. Like, calm down. Me, it's just like, you like one big <laughs> blast and then it's done. I guess it's like a dad thing too. I guess a lot. Of, I've heard a lot of people say it's like the dad sneeze, where it's like you can hit a sound decibel that's like lar- like powerful enough to create a black hole or something. Like boom! You know, my dad. Yeah, anybody listening with like headphones on? When you just did your, like, Probably sneeze? Just, yeah, yeah, they're they're deaf now. <laughs> I sent my sister this meme that I... It was just, like, these little groundhogs or something. But they make the most annoying little, like... Like, super high-pitched... Oh, you fool! Little whistling sound. And they just squeak. It's like... But she had her AirPods turned all the way up when mm-hmm. I said it to her. Yeah. So it's like... She's like, you just blasted my eardrums out. Like, it's not my fault, I'm sorry. <laughs> there was a old video on YouTube. It was, it was like a game. It was it was Million Dollars Butt. Have you ever heard of that? Butt. A million dollar butt? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That better be some serious carotage. They would give you they would give you Carrot a scenario <laughs> where it's like you could you would take a million dollars. You could say yes or no to it. It's like, here's a million dollars, but there's like a, a there's a catch to it. Uh. And one of the bits was, here's a million dollars, but every time you sneeze, you teleport to a random place in the world. That's fine. Would you take the million dollars? Sure, why not? Sure. I don't sneeze that often. That's what I would say. Plus, I have a million I'd take, bucks. I'd take a million dollars. You invest that crap, and then you can just, you know, like, have enough money to get yourself back home from wherever let's just, you teleport. Let's just hope you have your phone on you, because that could be really a bummer. Or you sneeze in the shower. I've done that before. Oh, butt naked teleportation. Yeah, and you're just in the middle of 
France. ocean. Oh, oh France, yeah. <laughs> no, that would be kind of nice. That would be nice. <laughs> They're like in the middle of some Moroccan... And honestly, they'd be probably okay Probably better than the ocean. Some supermarket in they'd Morocco. Be, they'd and you're be just, fine. Everybody's all like... Ah, you know, you're like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. million dollars. I mean, that's pretty extreme, though, honestly, if you think about it. A million dollars, and then you sneeze a lot in your life. Like, mm-hmm. what if you end up, like, sneezing and you get, like, teleported into, like, some kind of KKK meeting or something, or, like, a bunch of Nazis? Like, what are you going to think? What? That'd be terrible. <laughs> Anything could happen. What if you sneeze that's... and then all of a sudden you're, like, in the operating room and somebody's trying to do open-heart surgery? You're like, Achoo! Also, when you sneeze, when you teleport, does the sneeze, like, carry over? It's so, like, wherever you arrive, you're like, and you sneeze? Or is it, like, sneeze and then teleport? I think yeah. That's like, the uh, question you're asking? You well, I don't know. I mean, you know, somebody's, I like, trying like... to concentrate, doing, like, brain surgery, and then you just, like, in the room, and they're, like, you know? Or if you, like, up. you do the, kind of, like, that half sneeze, huh? you just, like, you pop in and out like you're there and then you're back where you were. It's like, oh, good thing it wasn't real. Yeah, that'd be, oh, that'd be worth a million dollars. You know what I mean? You're just like, but those are so hard to do. Control your sneezes. It's so hard. If you don't make any sound, does it count as a sneeze? Yeah, there are people who, who sneeze like very quietly. Uh-huh. There's literally a girl in like my high school cl- like that I went to high school with that she could sneeze and it was just like the softest like a chew ever you barely can hear it Mandy will do this thing where she'll like sneeze and she'll be like Ugh. like Ugh. I'm like what the I'm like you're gonna like explode a brain cell or something you gotta calm down it comes out of your ears <laughs> that's gross dude I heard that if you keep your eyes open while you sneeze they'll pop out of your head I wonder if that's true that's like the same kind of logic as if you stand too close to the TV you'll get glued to it Bro, like you'll you, you'll go brain dead. Think about it. Have you ever had your eyes open when you sneezed? Yes. Don't lie to me. No, I'm not. Sneeze, I'm, I'm honestly thinking about it. I guarantee you. Like no. when I've been driving, I have to like force my eyes to stay open. You're like, no, you uh, don't. It's like a split second thing when you sneeze. You're just, it's just the intense pressure of it. I've never sneezed with my eyes open. No, well. I have a tendency of sneezing on turns. So like I'll be turning and I like sneeze. And I'm like, <laughs> Uh, something, something about turning left. It just tickles the nose. A little bit, yeah. Not right, though. You turn right and you're fine. Right. Second you turn left. You know. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> then you start to, like, actually, oh, no, wrong turn. You turn right. Uh, you, like, you, you totally cancels correct, it out. You right? crash into the oncoming. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait that's not how that works. <laughs> like, if you're in sneeze. England. I guess I would have to move to England. I was just, I was like... Turn right, crash into oncoming traffic. I was like, wait, not in America. Crash into the ditch. And yeah. Turn right. Do you ever like turn onto a road, but you don't remember which side is the right side of the road? Mm. Like you're like on an interstate. Yeah, when I'm driving in Portland, because like, there's a, all one-way streets. I will say, driving in Portland is it can it. be confusing I if you're not it. used to it. Yeah, that's why I just Google Map everything or Apple Map everything. Well, it doesn't matter because then you have to like pay attention to all the traffic and your phone, and so then you're like. Start to turn around, like, uh oh, that's a one way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. It's fine. I love how Siri can, like, literally tell you audibly your directions, but people are so annoyed by her voice that they just don't do it anymore. <laughs> turn left in they 100 would, feet. They I'm would like, rather just look at their phone. Like, you, you saying that literally just, like, made me think of that. 
Only old people have Siri audibly like give directions. I have her turned I off. Ha- I haven't had her do that in so long. Yeah, it's frustrating. I use my watch so it like vibrates whenever I need to like turn or something. Yeah. So it's frustrating to me when that happens. Like like when they the audible directions just because like I'm a visual person. You know what I mean? Milk. Trench is down in a half gallon right now. Yeah, uh, vitamin C milk. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. I'm so embarrassed that I said that, to be yeah. honest. Dude, it's okay. It's great. I'm supposed to be like a huge advocate for milk. And then you're like... That I can't even get the freaking vitamins right. <laughs> you tried uh, this what a orange rookie. juice milk. Oh, it's so dumb. <laughs> like vitamin E. Just like... You totally go off base. You ever had this vitamin A milk, bro? Vitamin B12. B12. I like this. You ever tried this fish oil milk? I like this vitamin B6, vitamin F. Nah. Is that even a thing? I don't know. Or does it stop at D? Or E, I mean. Yeah, it's like a guitar. The chord progression just stops and repeats. Right. Right. E sharp. Starts. Yeah, it stops at E sharp. <laughs> vitamin E sharp. <laughs> what about all the other ones? Vitamin X? I want to try that. What does that do? What's the vitamin that helps your eyesight? Carrots. Vitamin E. <laughs> vitamin <laughs> carrots. What's the, what's the vitamin that helps your eyesight? Vitamin right, orange. Yes, that, that's it. Um, I think it's vitamin E. Vitamin E? But maybe, I don't know, actually. And then... She says vitamin A. Mandy says vitamin A. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's that, a wait, there's a oh, vitamin K? Oh, oh, it K. is. Potassium. Yeah, carrots. Oh. And bananas. Oh, bananas. Bananas are potassium rich. That's vitamin K, son. I kind of want to look up all the vitamins and what they like do. vitamins and what they do yeah yeah how come they have to be so discriminatory and, and why as soon as you turn 40 you have to really care about vitamins i mean i feel like you should care about vitamins before you turn 40 but i mean i do but the flintstone kind oh yeah bro no i i overdosed on flintstone gummies when i was like six oh, years overdose bro when i was like six years old that's, I just, that stuff is practically candy dude when i was like six years old i took three vitamin flintstone gummies instead of two and like then when covid tried to enter my body it met that third flintstone gummy i was like no it never dissolved so fred flintstone's like around. around in my stomach protecting okay. my body from anything so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say a vitamin <laughs> and the letter okay and you guys are gonna guess what what it does what it does yes oh, all right so i'm a, we're gonna start welcome to the vitamin episode <laughs> i told Vi- you it was gonna be good <laughs> vitamin a fire away vitamin a vitamin a what does it do uh something with iron uh i think it <laughs> no, i'm surprised you didn't say carrots again <laughs> no i know better vitamin tony stark because iron right right no i think it uh probably helps with arthritis because a right vitamin a I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Honestly, a, I mean, you're kind of close. Who, him or me? Re- re- referring to bones, at least. Oh, okay. Vitamin so bones. It, vitamin A, this is weird. It, it says is. it plays a role in your vision, bone growth, and reproduction, Ooh. cell functions, and immune system. So it's like an antioxidant. Okay. So if you're having trouble getting freaky, you want to take that vitamin A. Welcome to the Vitamin Freaky episode. <laughs> well, we You're just like, got our title. <laughs> what, we just got a title. Ladies and gentlemen, Vitamin A. You know what I mean? <laughs> Alright, Vitamin uh, B12. This is a popular one, I feel like. B12? Uh, B12. Yeah. Well, they let me see. What does B12 do? Because it's in this drink. Uh, 
What is it called? It has a specific name. Oh, it is called um, cyanocobalamin. You squeeze me? Is vitamin B12. That's the technical scientific term for it. And that helps with um, energy and it's like to improve your um, focus, mental focus. Vitamin B12 is good for mental. Right? That's not what it says here. <gasps> Maybe I don't know. I'm just guessing. Metabolism. <laughs> it's on the cannabis energy drink. You're reading it off the energy drink. Uh, what what this says? It's an article from the National Institutes of Health. Oh, I tried. It those. says it says yeah. So it's either that or you know whatever's on a can. Right. Whatever you want to trust. Yeah. Uh, it says it helps keep the body's nerve and blood cells healthy. Ooh. Like your nerve cells and your blood cells. Okay. So um, okay. blood strengthener. Nice. Right. So B12 is found in a wide variety of animal foods. So like your meats. Animal foods? Like the food that the animals eat? Or like no, animals' like, bodies? Like the like animals steak? that we eat? Yeah, like steak. At least that's uh, what I would think. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. You lied. You were actually right. Animal I foods. didn't read the rest. Vitamin B12 Plants. also prevents a type of anemia that makes people tired and weak. That's why they put it in energy ah, drinks. That's oh, why they put yeah. it in so There you go. Fair enough. B12. The Rock has never failed me. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, vitamin vitamin C. Vitamin C. That helps your immune health, immune system. Like, uh... Yeah, so it's good for your immune system. Yeah, you know, you take it when you're feeling sick. um, Or before you feel sick. When you are low on... Health. Good feelings. (laughs) (laughs) When you're low on good feelings. (laughs) Yeah, so it's an antioxidant. It is important for your skin, bones, and connective tissue. Oh. It promotes healing and helps the body absorb iron. Hey, so bring hey, in iron, iron somewhere. Hey, it was somewhere in there. It was antioxidants. I, it was. I like antioxidants. Like the acai berry, that's a powerful antioxidant. Yeah. Some people say acai. That's incorrect. How is it pronounced? Acai. You better tell the people at Starbucks because they've been pronouncing it wrong for a it's while. It's because Starbucks is down Trent. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> this will not become how the dumb Starbucks workers are. <laughs> what kind of a sentence was that? I don't know. <laughs> this will not become how the dumb Starbucks workers are. <laughs> what? You just make, did. Make that your title. I also love how Devin, his face, <laughs> as he was looking at me as I said that, he was, he's like, so confused. He's like, I'm trying to put the words together, and it still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he's sitting there, he's like, no matter how I order those words into a sentence, it still doesn't make like, any sense. I want to understand. Help me understand. Yeah. Uh, all right, this one. I feel like this is a this is an easy one. Bones. But vitamin D. It's for bones. It's for bones. Yes. <laughs> That's why I've never broken a bone in my life. Because you... Is it how much milk? Because I chug vitamin D milk. People were like, that doesn't actually affect... I'm like, I beg to differ. I used to drink a ton of milk when I was a kid, and I might be lactose intolerant now from overconsumption. But it's okay. But my bones are strong. Okay. Doctors are liars. You you win some, you lose some, you know? Yeah, exactly. Can I eat ice cream anymore without hurting? No. But I haven't broken anything in my body yet. There you go. Win win. How often do you put yourself in situations where your bones might break, though? Every day. Mm, a lot, honestly. 
when I'm rolling when I'm rolling those wheels on the on the wheel rack in my repair trailer, if you get your finger caught in there and it just crunches it, that's not fun. I guess that's true. Or if I step out the trailer wrong and snap my femur. Oh. Wow. It's a pretty it's pretty far to fall, honestly. It's Snap your femur? Can you imagine? This is the strongest bone in your body. Hey, all I'm saying is, okay, one time my dad used to work for a dairy company, and they were on one of those delivery trucks where, like, they have the lift gate on the bottom, you know, like, you bring the little cart, the dolly out, and you put the lift gate to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, well, they were doing, like, a delivery, and it's not that far. He was there only, the gate is probably only, like, maybe two and a half or three feet up off the ground, Mm -hmm. but... His coworker, or one of the guys that he had worked with, um, he stepped off the he stepped off the uh, the gate wrong, and his foot like slipped off the edge, and mm-hmm. he fell only that distance and died. What? He fell like three feet off the back of the truck, just straight on, just flat ground, just you know, and he died. Wow. Natural selection. True. But then my dad almost did the same thing, except for his leg slid in between the bumper of the truck and the, the lift gate as it was going down, and it, like, ground on on his uh, shin bone and, like, caused permanent nerve damage. Oh. Wow. Didn't, didn't bleed or anything, but just, like... So now, like, every summer, it's almost like he gets a leg infection. Several times he's had to go to the hospital for it. Because it was like years ago, this injury, and it's not anything external, but like the nerves fire up and it like causes some kind of weird infection in his leg. Makes no sense. Maybe you should have more vitamin D. Probably. Probably. If he had more vitamin D like me, he probably wouldn't have had to deal with that. Anyways, moving on. Well, I brought, these guys told me to bring a drink and a snack. (laughs) So, uh, I brought... <laughs> Hold on. Pause. Oh. Welcome to Eleven Seas. And ladies and gentlemen, the yeah. segment where we <laughs> share a drink and a snack and <laughs> So, anyways. What did you bring? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have waited for you. You know what? It's okay. It's fine. We're doing it now because this is what we do. So, so what did you bring? So, I brought... Reese's dipped pretzels. Because Reese's is like one of my favorite candies ever. It's delicious. And pretzels is one of my favorite pretzels ever. And I've never had them. These pretzels are making me thirsty. So, we have milk. And I brought Umqua. And I want to be specific because, in my opinion, it's the best oh. milk mm. you can get. Interesting. Here's the thing. I disagree. <laughs> no, it's not oh. what you're going to say. <laughs> You took a pull out of it already, right? Or did you just crack it and not drink it yet? No, he's been drinking it. No, I've been sipping on that. I do not share milk with people. (gasps) You just take the first layer off. No. (laughs) Listen to me. Milk is coagulant. It is thick. And when you take a sip of milk, it pulls whatever is in your mouth back into the milk and it tastes different you know it does interesting situation there like if you it, listen if somebody has a cup of milk and they take a sip of it and then you like take a sip of it it doesn't taste the same actually it tastes like milk 
I disagree with you. That's fine. You can share the milk with him. <laughs> I have my own milk. I'm going to put it in a cup. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm not, not judging. What kind of milk is that? No, huh? that's totally fine. What? What kind of milk is that? Vitamin D. Oh, really? It's the only kind I drink. What kind of, what kind of, is it? If you drink 2% milk. Is it lost meat or is it umqua? This is, yeah, I was going to say, this is umqua whole milk. Listen. I'm a huge advocate for people, just drink whole milk. If you're going to drink milk, just drink whole milk. What is it? Parks and Rec. Ron Swanson, he's like, I hate skim milk. There's one thing that I hate, it's lying. Something I hate worse is skim milk because it's water that's lying about being milk. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I agree with that statement. 2%, like 1%, non-fat skim milk, whatever. Yeah. It's all crap. Yeah, it's all bad. It's bad. If you drink it, you need help. You need some help. Need help. <laughs> the only thing better than vitamin D milk that you buy in a store yeah. is real milk from cows. Real milk from a dairy farm. Yeah, but I don't have... Twenty dollars. It's expensive. It is expensive. On but a friggin here's the thing, though. Gallon. Here's the thing, though. You might end up actually saving money because if you get it from the right place, we used to get these gallon jugs, like these big glass gallon jugs of uh, milk, and then there was there's probably like a two or three inch layer of thick cream on the top of the milk, mm-hmm. and we would we would uh, scoop the cream off the top and put it into mason jars, yep. put a little bit of salt in it, and you just shake it up and it turns into butter. So you buy a gallon of milk and you get a little bit less than a gallon of milk, but you also get like a pound of butter. So saving money. When I was when I was in uh, Tennessee, we went to this. uh, It was like a little Amish place where they would like make furniture and stuff. But they Mm -hmm. also had like a little store where they had, you know, milk and they had chocolate milk and they were all in this like. Little glass bottles. And mm-hmm. It was great. We got some chocolate milk, and it was actually pretty good. It was nice and thick, and it was mm-hmm. just... Did you ask them where the chocolate came from? No. They said brown cows, probably. Everybody knows chocolate milk. That was milk a classic, classic joke. <laughs> Everybody knows chocolate milk comes from brown cows. <laughs> some of the brown cows. <laughs> what if it's, like, brown and white? Then is it, like, just a little bit chocolatey? So, where do I find a pink cow? Yeah, what's up with the strawberry milk? Do they get into the strawberry patch? They eat so many strawberries, they turn. It's like Napoleon Dynamite. This one tastes like the cow got into the onion patch. <laughs> <laughs> this one's got bleach. <laughs> I'm like, you're drinking <laughs> I love that milk movie. with bleach in it? Napoleon Dynamite's built different because he freaking drank bleach, bro. <laughs> this one tastes like it's got bleach. What? <laughs> How do you know what bleach tastes like? <laughs> anyway. Wow. Uh, yeah, we got off on a long but these, uh, trail ride. These Reese's pretzels, though, pretty baller. Freaking. They're pretty good, huh? Mm-hmm. So we rate these snacks that we have. This is 11 C's. You've seen Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know, where they talk about all the the different meals that they eat. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you doing? We're stopping for breakfast. We've already had it. I've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? I don't think he knows about second breakfast, Pip. What about <laughs> luncheon, afternoon tea? But no, he's like, 11 C's, luncheon, afternoon tea, dinner, supper. He knows about them, doesn't he? I wouldn't count on it. So our snack segment is 11 C's. Such a good movie. It's so good. 
Yeah. Such the trilogy is just goes oh, crazy. Man. I've I've actually I found this podcast. I listen on Spotify, but they're on everywhere. Apple Podcasts, whatever. It's a podcast called The Lord of the Rings Lorecast. And this guy like goes into depth all the way from the beginning of Tolkien's works and just kind of breaks down the histories of everything. So I've been listen I've been learning a lot at work. I listen to him. I've been learning a lot lately about the uh, like the history of the creation of Arda, which is also it's the term that they use for Middle Earth. Middle Earth is like a slang term almost that they <laughs> The peoples, like the dwarves and the men, they created the name Middle-earth, but it's actually the the whole world is called Arda. Huh. Um, and so they've been learning a lot about... There's like a god figure in Lord of the Rings called Yuvatar, Eru Yuvatar. Somebody say, some people say Iluvatar, but if you pay attention to language and you actually look at how it's spelled, it's Yuvatar. And that's how Tolkien said it. But people are stupid, and they, they do what they want. Anyways, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. <laughs> the point is, I've been learning a lot about just the creation story of Lord of the Rings. It's kind of like the Silmarillion starts it, and it's actually really cool, because Uvatar, which is essentially like God, he creates like these 14 beings called the... Well, they don't technically have a name at the start. I think maybe he calls them the Maiar, and then they become the Valar which is like the gods of like they rule over the people of like elves, dwarves and men and all those um, so he creates them all and he gives them each a specific like melody to sing and so they he like teaches them their melody individually and then he brings them all together it's like okay now I'm going to reveal to you like what this sounds like and so then he has all sing together and then their minds are like opened to this greater song and they see the bigger picture and then but there's one guy Melkor and Melkor is like the equivalent of Lucifer right in Tolkien's work and what he does is he he was created to be the greatest of the Maiar but what he he starts hearing the melodies that Yuvatar has created, and he thinks that he can make them better. So he wants to change them. So he starts changing the melody to what he wants it to be, but it actually is creates discord. So it's like, so then Yuvatar stops him off and says, like, "Okay, pay attention. This is the melody that I created. You guys are all singing. Melkor created a melody, a melody which in itself was still." Uh, you know, like a song, and it was still beautiful, but it was not intended to be mixed in with the plan that I had. So when he tried to change it, it messed everything up and caused there to be a division of what... So, like, it sounds bad in your ears. Even though it's still a beautiful song on its own, it's not what was intended to be a whole picture, essentially. So he's like... I'm going to send you away for a little while, Melkor, so you can sort out your stuff. And these guys are going to sing. And then, so then he starts pairing them up together um, and sending them to work. And so... Is this all Tol Tolkien's Oh, yeah. He wrote, writings? Yeah, it's the Silmarillion. It's essentially the creation story. It's basically like the Bible for Lord of the Rings. Like it, 
like the first five books it like goes through all the different creation story and how huh. Melkor Melkor is uh, Sauron is a servant of Melkor and in the Rings of Power series it actually mentions them talks about that a little bit oh okay I still have not watched the Rings of Power what? oh you should dude it's good some people it, it's mixed reviews right like yeah. if you haven't read the Silmarillion and stuff you'll, you'll probably you'll probably enjoy it a little bit more just because you don't have it's like watching the movies without having read the books. Yeah. Like you kind of just have like an un... Well, I, I did watch the movies before I read Lord of the Rings. Right. And then I went and watched Lord of the Rings, or read Lord of the Rings, and I was like, the book is... Much better. It is it is much better. I mean, the movies are still freaking still awesome. Still great, yes. There's and just... I'm normally not someone to say that the books are better. Like, I'm like, shut up, it's so much better to just watch it on a screen, but... When it comes to this, no, nah, the Lord of the Rings book was pretty awesome. Be- yeah, it's because of the, just, there's certain aspects of the English language and writing that create a more vivid picture in your mind than what a screen could. Mm-hmm. Because, like, obviously seeing it, you're like, oh, I don't have to picture it. But also, that's part of the th- what I love about reading books and stuff in general is just because like every character is going to sound unique to your own mind like what you think they would sound like or what you think that they would look like yeah. when you picture them nobody's going to have the same image in their head when they read a book but then when you watch a movie they look the same to everybody because it's a visual picture yeah but that's cool it's like reading gives each individual reader the ability to create how they would like see them in their minds even though we all have the same description of the character nobody sees them the same sure <clears throat> usually sometimes they're like, so unless they, they like describe. really describe yeah. what they look like super in depth <laughs> so, like, he has a crooked nose <laughs> two different colored eyeballs he has one strand of hair that was long and hang down in the front I mean yeah. like if you go into super in depth yeah but even still I mean like mm-hmm no crooked nose is the same, you know, like... Sure. So, <laughs> you're just gonna, like... Yeah, it's interesting, but... Books... The books are... The Silmarillion's really good, but that guy... On the podcast I talked about before, he goes into depth and, like... He kind of reads everything for you and then, like, breaks it all down, so you don't really... Yeah. But it, it's all the same stuff, and it's really cool as he, like... It's, uh... Yeah, there's, it's there's a lot easier for me to listen sometimes than it is to read it. There's a guy, um, someone that I was telling you about, you guys about, um, like a week ago or something like that. Right. right. It was he's he is a professor at uh, in at Boston Boston University. Boston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he is a Christian philosopher, and he teaches. Um, philosophy in the in religion, I think, um, but he has a book that is called Tolkien's Philosophy, and it's basically like looking at the Lord of the Rings through Christian philosophy and be able to like kind of pull all of the different, you know, some symbolism and everything. Not that Tolkien wrote it as like an, you know, with one single symbol in mind for each thing that's represented. It's like, no, it's very open. It can mean so many different things. Like, the Ring of Power doesn't mean, like, back in the 
I think it was like in the 60s or something like that, they were like, oh, the Ring of Power, that's like, that's nuclear weapons. That's what it means. He's like, eh, and, that's and, not what I thought it was, but it could be, I guess. But it's like, that's not, that's not really what it is. And some people could say, well, the Ring of Power is like, what the Ring of Power to Sauron is, an iPhone is to a teenager. You know, it's, it's kind of like this idea of all that is like powerful and what really brings identity and what really brings life to Sauron is his ring in the same way that a you know person who's addicted to their iPhone it's the same kind of concept right it's so like they it's, feel helpless without it either. and it's not like Tolkien was writing that with iPhones in mind it's just like the way that he wrote you could you could you know substitute quite a few things in with what they represent and that's, that's the mark of a truly great author too it's like yeah. when they when they create and they they write a concept that is so versatile, yeah, that it can be applied to many different, uh, even eras, mm-hmm. or like just because I was listening to um, there's lots of actual like video recorded from this from the uh, the mid '60s before because he died in 1973, um, and there's actually like interviews that they recorded with him and they're like. So, do you think that, like, tall buildings, like, is, like, symbolic in your works? Because, like, even cities in The Lord of the Rings, like, they're built upwards and stuff. And he's like, you know, I, I didn't actually, th- he's, he was, he's like, I didn't actually think about that when I was writing it. But I guess, I mean, it could be. Like, because there's so many different towers that represent power. He's like, do you, do you, do you, like, did you write it with the purpose of, like, um making the correlation of like that power is represented by like these large towering like objects and statues mm-hmm. he's like I didn't really think of it that way but now that you mention it I guess it could be well yeah I mean a tall things in correlation with power is not a new concept right I mean you look at that's like even the bible like gods would be found in high places you look at the Greek pantheon the Mount Olympus, Mount Olympus. Yep. so before buildings there's mountains High places, things with, built towards Tower of Babel, the heavens. Stuff like yeah, that. exactly. Tower of Babel. It's like when you think of God, usually the first thing you have to consider is that He's all powerful, and that's why Tolkien actually makes a pretty good. I don't think with in, with intention, but makes a pretty good um, philosophical argument for a God for God. Like, Sauron tries to be all-powerful to obtain his ring, which means he wants to be God. He wants to be the ruler over everything. And we say, well, you can't do that. That's evil. Well, if if there's no God, then wouldn't you want someone to be able to have the power of God? But no, we don't want that. Why? Because we know that there is one. There is a God. That was that was one of Dr. Peter Kreft's arguments of the argument like that he pulls from Lord of the Rings and all of the different philosophical you know dimensions and how Tolkien touches on each of those points like he touches on addiction yep. between the relationship of Sauron and his ring and Smeagol yeah and Smeagol I mean, like anybody that because it like even the book it says like it poisoned the mind and gave unnatural long life and like there was eventually it was like all that Gollum could think about was just his precious you know it's like right. turned him away from, brought him out into a life of 
isolation turned him away from all good things till he forgot the the feel of the air and forgot the the look of the grass and the heat of the sun until all he was doing was just sitting in his little cave in the dark under a mountain for 500 years just Eating looking fishes. at this looking at this <laughs> ring and just essentially vibing by himself yeah you know living he's, a life you're, he's totally consumed by it exactly but the thing is is Sauron is in the same place but he it's a different kind of addiction like we look at Gollum and we're just like how pitiful I mean that's what also helped him stay alive so much was actually the elves spared him uh, Frodo spared him like so many people throughout his life like spared him because they took pity on him yeah, they, yeah it was interesting they yeah. had compassion on him mm-hmm. and what's interesting is um, there's a point made in that book that talks about how it was almost like the compassion led it maintained a necessary evil like yeah. the compassion of Christ having Judas Iscariot become a disciple and love him all the way up into the point of the necessary betrayal. Because he knew it was going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, but he but it was still the compassion that took place, which is so crazy because the big one of the biggest themes in The Lord of the Rings is um, gosh, what is the term for it? It's like <clears throat> basically like destiny. Yeah. Like, sov- like there's a sovereignty in it. The amount of coincidences that take place. Essentially, it's like everything is like it's going to happen. Essentially, it's like yeah, it's it's been written since the beginning of time, sort sort of thing. Yeah, kind of like a like a prophecy that has to be fulfilled. You just don't know how it's going to be. So, and but the thing is, is that's one of the biggest like arguments that philosophers run into is how. How can you have destiny and free will and not and they not contradict each other? Hmm. And that's the thing is we read the Bible and we look at our own lives. We have a free will, but God also has sovereign choice. Like he his sovereignty overrides our free will. In, this, was... in the same way that when you read Lord of the Rings, you believe both the free will of the characters but also the sovereignty of the author. I have an interesting point to make on that. In the Silmarillion, which is a work that Tolkien wrote, like it's supposed to be like a prequel to all the Lord of the Rings, <clears throat> when the creator, God, character, Yuvatar, makes the Maiar, and he, he's basically what he does is he, <clears throat> after he sends Melkor away, he brings them all together, and then he shows them like a vision of all of time like from the beginning to the end he's like this is everything that's going to happen and they're like okay he's like i'm going to send you there and so he sends them there but then they're confused because they show up and it's all blank and there's nothing and he's like they're like well we just saw everything that there was ever going to be but now that he sent us into it into the creation that he like the world that he made there's nothing and then they came to the realization like oh he wants us to make everything that we saw so then he comes out and he's like yes that was the purpose of me showing you the entire pictures because you guys are going to be the ones to create all of this and he showed them um he showed the them all a picture of uh the elves the men and like he's like these are my children i want you to create 
a place for them to live, a world for them to live of beauty. And they're like, okay, that makes sense. So then they start creating. And he's like, all right, you guys have the free will to work together and create a land of beauty and wonder for my children to live in. And it said that, like, it's almost like the angels, right? It's like when they saw his creation of, like, just mortals, they loved them and they had an ache for them to, like, give them the life that their creator wanted for them. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you guys have the ability to go in and, like, influence and start making things and creating this world, but I still am going to intervene. He's like, you're going to create these things, but I'm telling you that I still have the power and the authority to intervene where I see necessary. Sure. And to change things around. And that's why. And then he also gave Melkor the ability to create too. But all Melkor could do is create discord. So when they were all partnering together, like the the Maiar of the air or the sky, you know, and then the Maiar of water, Olmo. So it's Manwe is the sky and Olmo is their names. And then he's like, almost says like, I had never thought of the concept of a snowflake or of rain. There's like, Tolkien wrote it so much better than I'm explaining it. And it's beautiful the way he wrote it. But he's like, I had never thought of the concept of like, snow or rain until I saw that the water could be combined with the sky to create something new. And they're like, okay, so we're going to start building all this stuff. And then Melkor comes in and he's like, all right, I'm going to change things too. But, like, when they create, like, rain, then he makes fire and starts burning things down. So it's like he's creating as well, but it's in a destructive way. So it's like, but everything that he did was completely contradictory to what they did. The Maiar started to build valleys. Melkor would create mountains. The Maiar started to make, like, a lake or water and he would start a forest fire it's like everything was completely contradictory to what they were trying to do and then there was this one point where Aule which was like the god of the land basically and like or more like the properties of what the land could produce mm-hmm. he's like I have free will and so he then secretly creates the dwarven race and in Tolkien's works, they actually weren't supposed to exist. It was just the higher ones. So it's elves, which were like perfection, and then man, which is like a stem from the elves that Yuvatar created as his children. And then Aulai created the dwarven race mm-hmm. as like his own thing because he was like, oh, well, Yuvatar created his children, so I want to create some of my own. Mm-hmm. And then Yuvatar came and step- he took that, that step in and he was like, all right, you have to destroy these guys because this is not part of the vision and part of the plan. Yeah. And then Aule was like, well, I, he's like, I was just trying to do what you said, you know, like telling, you told us to create this beautiful world. And I was just trying to like use my free will to create something like new. And Yuvtar like kind of, he like had grace on him and he's like, okay, I'll let you like, have these dwarves as a race and I'll let them live but I'm going to punish you for it so he like sent him away to be imprisoned and he separate became a from dwarf himself he separated him from the other Maiar for a time he's like you can't create anything else with these guys 
He's like, and as a punishment, you have to, like, they are going to be a race that is, like, under all of the other races. And they are, like, subject to a life of toil and a life of uh, isolation. So they're going to live under the mountains and they're going to always have a mindset of being, like, locked into their task and not caring about other people. Hmm. So, because what he wanted to do was create them so that they could, like, mingle with the elves and the men and, like, be an equal part of the creation. But Yuvatar decided, he's like, so I'm going to make them kind of hate everybody else. Just, like, as a punishment to you for creating something that wasn't supposed to be part of the big picture. So then the dwarves, and then that's how, like, the way that they are is they're greedy and single-minded and they don't care about what everybody else is going on or their problems yeah and that's a punishment to the one that created them because he was like now i never get to see my creation like mingling with the other races of middle earth in a way that is pleasing to me essentially does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah he's like so his punishment is to just watch these guys like look at all this potential that you guys have to like do great things and be part of the world but you're just selfish and stubborn and you don't want to yeah and it's just like an ache it's almost it's almost a representation of like how we are sometimes when god gives us the ability to um you know like live according to his word and the free will to make good choices but we just turn away from him and don't do what we're designed to do and it's just like now I gotta watch these guys doing dumb things, hurting themselves, and there's, you know, he's like, but I gave them the free will to do it. So, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, so I know that was a long rabbit trail, and you probably, hopefully you didn't lose your thought, but... No, no, it was like, I thought it was good. There was just interesting that I thought I was like, that he gave them basically the concept I was trying to hit on was that he gave them free will but still has the authority to step in and make decisions yeah change things Mm -hmm. according to what his vision was for the all of creation he's like oh that's a no no don't do that sure stuff like that yeah essentially yeah anyways Mm -hmm. it's very cool it's very in depth and he writes it beautifully I made it sound stupid. But when you read it, you're just like, man, it's just like one little sentence. You're like, why can't we talk like this anymore? So good. (laughs) It's just beautiful. It's like, why can't people speak in this way anymore? We could try. Make it a thing again. Yeah. I feel like people kind of get annoyed. Probably. Even like back in the 30s, people like spoke with more intention mm-hmm. and like they said words on purpose they weren't just like using a bunch of filler words stuff like Theodore Roosevelt I've been reading his book lately mm-hmm. The Strenuous Life have you read that? I haven't actually no but I know of the book you should check it out um, but just the way that he spoke like it's just excerpts from like different speeches he gave Yeah, and it's just so eloquent and just like, man, you know, we wish we could talk like that, and people would be like, 
what? You know, they wouldn't understand what you're saying nowadays, <laughs> but like back then, it's just how people talked. And I was uh, like, man, why do we have to sound more dumb as we go further into the future? We're just like, yeah, bro. So like, I went on the TikTok today and totally made like a dope video. Bro, check it out. And then it's like, that was a dumb sentence. <laughs> that sounded stupid. You know? That was like the one I made earlier. Yeah, right. Starbucks thing, whatever. This Starbucks. This is not gonna be the dumb Starbucks employee thing. Huh? <laughs> That's exactly how I said it. I think. I don't even know. <laughs> Anyways, I'm I'm going off on a. I shouldn't. <laughs> a breeze. Yeah, you a know. small breeze that came no, through. Lord of, Lord of the Rings. Those oh, books are it. amazing and. Yeah. So millions. What are your What's What up? are your thoughts on a uh, Tom Bombadil? On, on, you, know who Tom, you know who Tom, Tom Bombadil Tom is, right? Tom Bombadil? You read the books, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Tom Bombadil? What are my thoughts on him? I mean... Like the fact that he wasn't added to the movies even though he was such an integral part of well, the beginning. One of the most important parts of the books, the very end, wasn't added into the movies. Mm-hmm. Where they have to go and, and actually restore the Shire because it was destroyed. Mm-hmm. They didn't even. They didn't put that in the movies. Yeah, I mean, or the fact that they literally, <laughs> the ho- the hobbits literally rose up and killed Saruman. Mm-hmm. Because he went and took over the Shire, and they yeah, were, there was a whole like a battle. There was a whole war, in the end, and the hobbits literally were like, "I guess we have to fight now." So then they all like started they got like bows and pickaxes and shovels and started yep clapping back at the orcs i feel like that would have looked ridiculous on screen though marion oh Hitler. absolutely marion that would have uh, crazy but <laughs> do you actually charge. you know this what's crazy is peter jackson was asked why didn't you put you know the battle for the shire where the hobbits defeat sarmon and he's like oh we just ran out of money we don't have to, we 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 don't we can't build like more sets. I don't believe that. And you're just right. like, well, it makes sense that Hollywood would be against that because they love, um, oh, what, what's the technical term for it? But basically, like, they love that socialist, Marxist kind of paradise idea, <laughs> like a righteous ending where what everything's peaceful and good, and there's no we, well, it's bad. just like there's somebody who's there is a ruling authority at the top mm-hmm. that basically runs everything that it's a it's it's a dictatorship but it's more of a socialistic marxist kind of concept right that that's what they that's what they want and so it's like well of course they're not going to put the one piece of like a little bit of symbolism from the book that actually comes against that but Tolkien once again it goes back to kind of he de- he didn't write with those ideas in mind. He yeah. wrote with the story in mind and those ideas simply can come from them. He did actually write with several uh, concepts that he, from experiences that he had when he was in World War One, Because he was a captain in World War He fought in the Somme, in the trenches in France. Um, there's actually a movie called Tolkien, which... It was, uh, oh, I forget the name of the guy who plays him. Nicholas Holt, the actor. He played, I don't know, he's been in a lot of stuff. But um, 
it's like a drama biography type thing where like just a movie about his life how he met his wife and like how him and his three or four buddies like created a little arts club and then they all went off to war and he was the only one that survived Mm -hmm. that type of thing yeah but it just that one it's called Tolkien and that was a really good movie my mom went and watched it in the theaters with I heard about that movie it's actually it's a lot it's it's really good um you should check it out but it kind of goes into a little bit of like some of the villains and like the concept of Sauron and stuff he took inspiration from the horrors that he experienced in World War One, not for the entirety of the book but just some of the concepts that he creates is mm-hmm. like based on what he experienced in the trenches and like just the overall sense of like like um Emin Muil or whatever like the before the dead marshes when they're like wandering in the wasteland of like rocks and nothing yeah that was like a comparison of like in the trenches like no man's land and stuff where he just like there was no like it was easy to get lost there was no interesting sanctuary there was no water there was nothing good it was all just dead and hmm. you know yeah. so that's part of what he was talking about there but He's a, he was a very interesting man. I have a lot of books about him. Yeah. I read a lot of books. I got trivia books. I got all kinds of good stuff. But he, you know, you should definitely read about him. Or yeah. Read his books. Do something. The Hobbit. Hello? That's why we can't have nice things, Benaya. Because <laughs> you drop them on the ground. He's like... <sighs> um, the Hobbit was always my favorite growing up. Because it was just singular story I tried to get my teacher to because we were going to do a British literature quarter for the year and I was like we should read The Hobbit she's like oh that's not that's not technically British literature I'm like it was written by the professor of linguistics in Oxford University it's definitely British literature (laughs) it was written a hundred years ago it is definitely a classic like you just want to read some stupid lame book like but I think that that's one of the beauties about Tolkien is he literally wrote his own language mm-hmm. for the elves and all that kind of stuff oh his, yeah his writings are incredible insane he wrote like four or five different languages fully fleshed out orcish dwarvish like all that stuff yeah it's great but yeah um what are we at? I have no idea. What? I started it like a quarter of the way through, and I didn't realize it, so we're probably about... Wait, did we lose that whole intro no, section? No, 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 it's still there. I just started it a little bit later, so I, I can't do math. Okay, well, that's fine. Anyways, um... <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're doing all right. Yeah. yeah. I think do you have to head out? Hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Wife. Well, no one just wrap it. Wife, yeah. wife is <gasps> texting me. Oh, she figured out that you were talking about her, good. talking about her sneezing. Yeah, she's she like, sensed it. Like, we went snowboarding yesterday. She's like, "Babe, I'm having a sneezing fit. I need help." She's like so sore. She, she's never been snowboarding before, so she's just like, "It's great." Yeah. First time I went, I almost snapped my spine. <laughs> went straight uh, into a snow pit and gotta love it. Cracked my noggin on a tree. Maybe trunk. you should give her some vitamin D milk. Vitamin C milk. Got it right here. 
Because that'll help her bones, but vitamin C will help her feel better. It's true. So get some vitamin C D though. <laughs> Which C D? <laughs> huh? Put it in a Walkman. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Vitamin C D milk. Open it up to. Yeah. Rose, bro. Uh, All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode twenty-five of the Precious Tears podcast with Trent Cargill. What a guy. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's been excellent. So we usually do this thing. And if you have like 30 seconds. Yeah. If you want to. We like to knight people. Shoot. Do you want to get knighted? Go for it. Yes, of course. All right. Let's do this. Pull up Please the camera. Rise. Please rise. Please rise. Okay. A sword, if you will. Nope. Actually, I'll have you knight him this time. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. the sword. There is the sword. Yes. All right, give me that. Give me that camera. Homeboy. What should I do? Should I kneel? What's, what's the process? Yeah, come stand right over here. Stand right here? I feel like I didn't do my hair well enough for this. <laughs> stand a little Darn. closer over here, David. All right. Okay, ready? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you starting? Go ahead. All right. Okay. Trenton, Cargan, please uh, kneel Boom. before me. Kay. Kneel. Oh, my knees. As being a guest today, we get to knight you, Trenton Cargill. As. <laughs> what are you doing? There's no authority. You're a knight. It's not official in any sense. Rise, rise, knight. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you the, 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 the tater you folk. You can't, use, <laughs> you can't use it in any official sense, so uh, if you like try and put sir on your plane ticket, you'll probably get arrested or something. But He does that all the time. I know oh, he wants to. Well, then keep doing it, I guess. All right. There you go. You're a knight now. We're eventually going to try and have like stickers or something. that you can Yeah, you can go put it on your water bottle. I got knighted by the that's precious taters. That's awesome. But there you go. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming. It was a lot of fun. It was a blast. Yeah. Thanks for the treats. Yeah, of course. Glad you liked them. Yes. And, uh... Devon. There you go. Peace out. Precious Taters Podcast, episode 25. Like, subscribe, share. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, You can also find us on Instagram, at the Precious Taters Podcast. We share things on there sometimes. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, uh... We'll see you around, I guess. Be blessed. Stay precious. Stay precious.